much better. I sound so much better. Best ongoing? Yeah, it must have been best ongoing. Alright, let's do it. Best ongoing. Best ongoing. Best ongoing Pal World. Pal World for best ongoing. So. Oh. Best ongoing. Yeah, best ongoing. Vote, 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 vote. Yeah, everyone vote now. Uh, the viewers uh, can vote on their phones. Vote, vote, vote. Best ongoing. So, Marvel Snap. Gunfire so Reborn. Valorant. Cyberpunk. 2077. Vampire Survivors. Path of Exile. Dead Cells. Wow. Someone, is, someone wants to get to some pal world, you know? Vote, 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 vote. All right. So this is a difficult one, right? Because uh, the best I ongo- like Marvel Snap. Yeah, right. Why isn't uh, Genshin Impact on this? Yeah, uh, Genshin. Im- why isn't Genshin Impact on this? Because neither yeah. of us play it. Well, if you're join if you're joining in and you're a first time viewer, um, then you w- we remind you again that we make these lists and World of Warcraft and the best ongoing is not World of Warcraft. Um, Marvels. So so real quick on down the line. Um, Marvel Snap, I think, had a pretty good year, right? Because this was the year that they did, uh, this is, I mean, the year that they did most things, considering Marvel Snap came out kind of late last year, but, um, Spotlight Caches, I think that they kind of managed to, I think that your biggest complaint was that, uh, by the end of last year, I think, was that once you get to Series 5, you stop finding exciting things. Um, it's like, it's good and bad, because you'll get the cards you want, um, but you're just going to open them. Um, you're just going to get them for free with it. You're just you're just going to get them with the tokens that you're saving, right? Boring. And, uh, but but there's a one in ten thousand chance that you just open it. I've never gotten the series five card. I opened Galactus. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, it is. Um, so so they 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 uh, release spotlight caches. Um, which is a really cool concept because it's uh you know a one in four chance to get the cards you want and every single time you get it you open a spotlight cache it low it it increases that chance right because it takes one cash out and usually um it's it's a new card with also new art and then with unique new art that can only be found this you know week in the spotlight cache and um uh two other cards that also have like unique spotlight cache art and i think it does it, it succeeds at multiple things because not only does it get you excited to draw to maybe draw the card but you'll get it you know if you really want it but um the spotlight caches are another way to like have a unique really cool uh skin or variant um in a way that almost is like buying this the very the rare variants with the token something where if someone has a cool spotlight variant you know it 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 it's, it seems awesome right because you're, I ne- have you're the never grandmaster getting... spotlight variant so yeah. i do I think it's pretty cool. I like Spotlight variants. Uh, I like Marvel Snap. I think that this was a good change. The community wrongly thought that it was bad, and I feel like people have turned around on it a bit. Uh, it's it's not the greatest monetization system and acquisition system, but it's it's definitely good enough. And if we look towards the games that have really generous monetization systems, like uh, Legends of Runeterra, well... Riot is laying off 11% of their workforce and downsizing Legends of Runeterra, so... Yeah, people always talk about this, but I guess, like, sometimes it feels like this, in, in, like, invisible specter 
in free-to-play games where um, uh, people are like, wow, this, this is this really grimy thing. Like, you have to spend money to be able to be to like get cards you want in this card game. And the and it's weird because no, you don't, number one. It would just take longer. But number two, like, yeah, like, that's how... Like, Second Dinner only makes one game, and they need to profit off of it. So, I mean, it's like... It's uh, it's it's how it is. Tell me about is is there anything else? I, I guess the last thing I would say about Marvel Snap that I did and why it's on this list is because they managed to keep the balance going pretty good for the for for this year. I think it was a really tightly balanced year for the most part. I don't remember any times that there was. It, it's weird because I think prior to this, well, maybe like early early in the year there was some hiccups of like maybe Zabu and yeah, it's been a it's been a time. Uh... But yeah, you know, growing pains in that. So how about some other games, right? So we had Marvel Snap. We've got Gunfire Reborn, which has seen a couple of expansions at this point. They actually recently launched their first seasonal. They have seasonal content now. Oh, yeah. uh, Where they've got like a little free season track. It's like a battle pass, but it's free. Do they have? I thought you were talking. I thought you were saying, I don't know if this is already in there yet, but I thought you were saying that they were going to do a diablo style uh, a path of exile style season where there was going to be like uh, like seasonal concepts or there's in there it's in there it's okay. ready to go you can right, play well. it yeah, that's pretty neat but that was also uh this year unfortunately uh-huh. so they don't get the they don't get the credit for uh the 20 the 2023 year you know yeah yep uh season one started uh january 12th so valorant tell me why we should care I think you know I could I could mention new characters and um, new maps. Mention 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 something. <laughs> I think the, keep it I, concise. I think the thing know? that I absolutely like the most about Valorant and like why it would get on this list, other than just still enjoying the way that the game plays and everything, is that they uh, they they added the first actually good other mode. Um, there's a team deathmatch mode where in the beginning of it you have, like, the first tier of these guns where you have all these, like, pistols and light armor, and then, you know, as the match progresses, you get to another part in the match where you get, like, uh, submachine guns and, uh, like, uh, like more r- quicker guns and, like, the, the, uh, the Magnum, the Sheriff. Uh, then you get to a part where you have even more expensive guns, and then by the end of the game, uh, everyone has rifles and ops and stuff. And, uh... It, 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 it it's it's really the mode that I think everyone always wanted for a long time because instead of like you're you're dying and you're respawning you're going out the, the it's much more fast paced there's no you know respawn times really yeah. and the other really cool thing is that because the match maps are the maps are completely made for this mode which is another really really good thing because with regular deathmatch they weren't and in this game you know since both teams are spawning on opposite sides you have a good like that that kind of like you know where to face does that make sense like you you oh, want that yeah i get it and that and that i would say is is the biggest addition to valorant all right, well, we've got Cyberpunk 2077 here. It's it's funny to call it best ongoing. That's like a riff, like, and that's why it's problematic to name the categories after um, Marvel Snap card oh, archetypes. It's not problematic at all, and I'm the one who did it. Uh, so because uh, 
Cyberpunk 2077, it's technically not ongoing anymore. Like they've, it's it's kind of finalized and finished at this point. Is it really? It won't get more DLC because I know Witcher no. got a couple rounds of DLC. Okay. No, no more DLC. No more DLC. The the, the game is complete with Phantom Liberty, um, and it does feel really like a complete game. Uh, it does feel like this is the Cyberpunk that they wanted to release. Uh, the the combat in that game feels really silky smooth. Uh, all of the experimental graphical like bells and whistles uh, make the game a really incredible benchmarking tool for computers. While just like having such like a, a great style to the game, which to be fair, it already had. But now that the game is really well optimized, I, I think that that shines a little bit more. Uh, and Phantom Liberty, both as a standalone story and as a tie-in that alters uh, the the main quests of cyberpunk itself i i think are really strong so cyberpunk 2077 i think that as a result of the of phantom liberty and the patches that have happened during 2023 are going this is going to be the version of cyberpunk that people remember it's going to be this version that that is really well done and well orchestrated and i sure hope that maybe the next time that you know, CD Projekt Red releases a game that people do remember the 2020 version of Cyberpunk and maybe are a little bit wary. In but the beginning. For now, yeah, I, I do think though that this is a that this is a really really great complete package, uh, absolutely worth the time and money. I've heard such good things. It really did make the complete. It did the uh, No Man's Sky uh, uh, 180 where. Um, when cyberpunk came out i think we talked a lot about it that year about how ridiculously bad the game was in a, in a lot of cases i mean it, it like when you played it like the best you could muster is like when it's really firing on all cylinders it's kind of like a seven out of ten and then some of the times it's it's not great and then uh they made the con they, they improved everything they made the combat more fun the game more snappy they optimized it like it's a real turnaround yeah, they made the RPG elements feel more impactful. Like the the skill tree used to be like, oh, you do ten percent more melee damage, and now it's like fun stuff. It's a really you, cool, you, real perk system where you're yeah, like, a, like when you aim down sights while you're jumping, the world slows down, and it's like that. That's what should be on a skill tree. Hell yeah. Yeah, they kind of like. I I almost feel like it has a lot to do with the the edge runners where I feel like oh, yeah, sure. Cyberpunk itself was like Cyberpunk as a concept is not so unique. And then I feel like Edge Runners, like like kind of found its footing where it, it it was very stylized and ridiculous. And then I think that they really were like, well, let's make that, let's turn that into the into the game. So then they 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 turned it all everything all the way up, and now it's like much more insane, much more anime. Sure. Uh, so great job by them. Uh, we've got Vampire Survivors, which continues to chug along mm. with. Uh, free updates they're constantly adding new weapons new synergies to the game and additionally they've been adding uh, dlc i i think that they added at least two possibly three dlcs this year uh, i think it was two big ones uh, of which i checked out and enjoyed they just keep adding to this game and i i, I feel like it's the situation of the game is great to begin with and they just keep adding more to it and it's not a bad thing 
Like they're not adding anything that's making the game <laughs> the game worse. And the DLCs are like two dollars, two dollars and fifty cents. Like still an extremely reasonable uh, price for this. Like more than reasonable. Like downright generous. And this game is also, you know, it's gotten some updates that have really um, improved how well it runs on Steam Deck. So nice little Steam Deck game. Uh, and, and still the best in the in the genre. Still among the best in the genre. Uh, with all of the unlockables and secrets. And just like... I, I like the style of this game. I like the style of Empire kind of Survivor. Yeah. Uh, Path of Exile. Uh, it's on the list. Did you play a lot they, this year? I played enough to have an opinion on it. Uh, I played enough to tell you that they have done some truly insane things uh, when it comes to the consolidation of content, of trimming away content that is a little too fat around the edges and refining the skill gem system even more, where there used to be like the, um, I don't know if you remember like the labyrinth and like going through the labyrinth to upgrade your skill gems and give your like helmet special effects and all of that. And they've really trimmed that down. And they said by, that the way that they're going to do it is like, all right, so in order to upgrade your skill gems, we're going to create skill gem variants. And every, every active ability is going to have three versions of it. And they're all going to be dramatically different. So you have like Firestorm, which is like the generic, you know, you cast it and a bunch of fire comes down. Or you can have like Chaotic Firestorm where like you can't aim it but the damage is way higher or you have concentrated firestorm where instead of dropping lots of little pieces it drops one massive piece of fire and and they did that for almost every single skill in the game so somehow they managed to take path of exile and say all right we're going to make it more path of exile uh and i think that that's been a really impressive effort does it win the category i don't know but I think that they're, I, I, it's admirable, right? That they just continue to make it more and more deep, more and more its own thing. Uh, I, I find that to be really admirable. Uh, and I'm just so excited for Path of Exile 2 this year. You know, I mean, worth saying that this being part of the best ongoing category, uh, that an Exile Con happened this year, where they, they talked a little bit about what the future of Path of Exile is. And the fact they've made the decision that Path of Exile 1 and 2 will actually be different games, which I think is huge. Uh, because it lets them go buck wild with Path of Exile 2. Uh, but that's a discussion for the prediction podcast. Oh my god, the Path of Exile 2, I saw the like gunner or whatever. Mm -hmm. Oh my god. My god. I, I'm I glad think, you watched it. I think that there are very few times where i see a game that's not out and i'm like that's exciting um to me because i can usually just wait for it but i i'm i'm always looking for this kind of game and i'm always disappointed but i do have like 500 hours in path of exile and it's my favorite arpg um but i think that what they're doing to path of exile 2 is going to future proof it forever yeah and i like that i like that by trimming it out they could say that like Path of Exile 1 is like the Zoom Zoom game, and Path of Exile 2 is going to be like this slower, uh, more well-considered, and probably more well-polished game. I think that's fine. Uh, last up, we've got Dead Cells, which is on this list primarily 
because it had such an incredibly cool DLC this game this year uh, with Dead Cells Return to Castlevania. I think Dead Cells has been on your list for ongoing every year. Yeah. And you well, know how old Dead Cells is? Dead Cells is ancient in video game terms. It's five years old. Yeah. But they keep putting out quality content. And are you not so excited for, for the their new Dead game? Cells? The next Dead Cells? For their next game, which is not oh, Dead yeah. Cells. It's not Dead Cells, but it, it is a roguelike. And that is it what we do. It most likely will be, yep. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, so what do you think on this list? For me, it's got to be Cyberpunk 2077. Uh, I almost want to give it to Cyberpunk. And I, I, I was playing it for a little bit. Um, and I was really impressed. I, I, I couldn't really say much bad about it. I feel like it was very good, and I love the turnaround. Um, but that said, I probably have to give it to Marvel Snap because of so many reasons. Like, uh, I am. I think some of it is like uh, uh, with the the fact alone that I am playing it th- still. I mean, I love Marvel sa- Snap. Says a lot about the, about the game. Um, and uh, I think that they went in a really good direction this year overall like they they went in a, they monetized it in a way that i think everyone can be kind of happy about and uh if you're not an idiot uh, and and plenty of people are you know so i love that uh next we're getting to james's roguelike recommend roguelite it's not james's i play you okay uh, right on deck i'm so glad that uh this 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 at least i can talk about some things recently because i was recently sick as a dog and when you're sick as a dog you can well, game fluff. like a god that's quote, quote you can put me dude i gotta catch me some covid because there are so many games right now oh my god so, so so i'm dying to talk about games but I, we can't i we know have to talk about 2023 i was sick so. i was sick playing non-stop roguelites loving it you can add some to the list but we've got dave the diver technically going to get disqualified not really a roguelite voidigo gunfire reborn dead cells halls of torment risk of rain returns risk of rain 2 astral ascent robo quest and mortal sin so first off dave the diver uh you're not a roguelite you've got runs but you're not a roguelite voidigo Wow, such an underrated game, such an underplayed game. Uh, super slick, super smooth. Every run in Voidigo feels insane. Feels like you go off the deep end. Feels like you go wild. Uh, this is a game where you're going in. You're it, It's very uh, Enter the Gungeon, where you're going in and you're choosing a specific character. But you get to increase uh, the powers of those characters, where you're unlocking different starting weapons different starting abilities for those characters and look at the gameplay you're going to see some really insane weapons insane abilities and you're always encouraged to pick up something new because each weapon has a sort of mastery associated with it uh that you need to complete the game which sort of forces you to go out of your comfort zone and try different builds and try different things uh so voidigo underrepresented really should be on more people's radar because it's a great little game uh gunfire reborn i don't need to talk about it anymore you know what it is it's got seasons now uh seasons change everything just like forza said dead cells we already (laughs) spoke about it halls of torment uh this game has been quietly chugging away, right? Like, have you played halls of torment Uh, yet? No, I I did see it, and it and it looks very cool, very old school. It's very it's Diablo. It's Diablo meets uh, your vampire survivors. 
um, and it's it's still just quietly producing numbers, getting updates. It's one of those early access darlings uh, that I'm so excited to see keep growing. We've got uh, Risk of Rain Returns. Damn, a game that we can actually talk about because it is a new 2023 release uh, that's going to make you want to play more Risk of Rain 2, uh, but really is just a really good reminder of why Risk of Rain, when it first came out, so long ago was such a brilliant game. So Risk of Rain released with uh, new characters, new weapons, new everything, smooth, streamlined, and uh, it pops the fuck off. You you go crazy in that game. Then we've got Risk of Rain 2. Didn't release this year, but still uh, worth mentioning because it's it's still just one of the best roguelites out there. It's definitely the best third-person shooter roguelite because I don't know what the competition looks like. But if there is competition, I feel like it's hard to compete with this one. It's in a bit of a weird spot because Gearbox recently uh, bought Hapu Games. So the next uh, DLC is actually going to be uh, developed and published by Gearbox, which is fascinating. So we'll see what that looks like this year when that DLC comes out. Uh, talk to me about Astral Ascent. Uh, Astral Ascent, so I, I, I got into a big old roguelite hole recently, and mm. and watching, like, if you, you know, Google around uh, best roguelites okay, and, uh, on, on YouTube, it is shocking how many times most random best YouTubers have uh, Astral Ascent up there. So Astral Ascent, why I like it so much, I did talk a lot about it, and I want to keep playing it, and I'm excited, I'm so excited for the future of it. It is one of the best, like, moment-to-moment -moment playing games. And I think one reason why, uh, playing so many roguelites recently, I think one reason why we talk about them a lot on the podcast and why we are, you know, have a whole section for them is because a lot of times they're some of the best, like, moment-to-moment -moment video games. They, they kind of cut out everything but the video game. And they the best of these games succeed at that, like, bungee-style... Uh, five action-packed seconds and then repeating that over and over again. Sure. So, like, um, this game is a, like, 2D roguelite. It's very, uh, it's, like, pixely, but uh, anime. Uh, it is hero-based, where you pick a hero to start out the run. And just, I, I think the thing that always just blows my mind about it is how ridiculously incredibly fun it is, how good-looking it is, how awesome uh, all the spells are, and how much is already in the game. Um, I, I kind of yeah. stopped, I actually stopped playing it because I was enjoying it so much, but I wanted it to 1.0. And then when it had its 1.0, uh, I did talk about this on the podcast. It was, it was like they cleaned up some of the rough edges and made it a real full fi final product, but it wasn't a very exciting 1.0. And they have, they do have a roadmap though. And there is like tons of new stuff coming in a new character. And that's kind of what I wanted out of the 1.0. So I'm excited for more of that. Um, so uh, I looked up best best roguelites on YouTube. In the S tier, we've got Enter the Gungeon, Darkest Dungeon, Hades, Dead Cells, Rogue Legacy Two, and Inscription as the S tier. Oh, is that the is that the? I, I was thinking like twenty twenty three, but best uh, best of uh, the... seven, as of seven months ago. Astral Ascent is on the list. It's under it's in B tier. I've seen so many that that top rated it, but uh, I the, the the viewers will have to do their own research. Do your own research. Um, RoboQuest is kind of also is the game that spurred me to start replaying uh, a lot or, or, or looking back into roguelites. And like it, it, it made me almost get like a, 
it gave me like get like a hit of dopamine whenever I would like see in like a new roguelite or something or an old roguelite that I hadn't paid enough attention to. Um, and, uh, wow, there's so many good things to say about this. And I don't even think we really got a chance to, ha- it's like this next podcast is going to be insane. I feel like I want to do it more justice. We got to on- rush. We got to rush through this podcast. So we yeah. can get to the next one almost. Yeah. So, and then so we got to get to the one after that, because as you know, our next podcast is actually predictions. Oh yeah, which um, are going to be real easy to make at this point. We're already so far into the year. <laughs> I know. I, I think we. I think it's good how we do that. We always get. We always can get to knock out some easy ones by living through them. But uh, RoboQuest. Uh, speaking of like really good five second loops, RoboQuest is ridiculous. I, I can't even out out of all of these. Uh, the one that I feel like I would be like, no, just go buy it. Just go, just go buy it. We talked about it a little bit on the podcast and we immediately downloaded it. Um, we got to play it together and I think it made me have an even better experience despite the fact that I think alone I would have had a great experience. Um, RoboQuest moves like a Quake arena shooter, a very, very fast one with a lot of momentum. Uh, there's grind rails set up in the levels and uh, it just moves incredibly fast, but it has a lot of precision aim uh, and a lot of hit scan guns. Um, I, it very clearly, I, I think it's hard not to look at this game and just think that the devs wanted Overwatch PVE and oh, it yeah. got canceled. Very and then clearly. they made that game. They, they made a roguelite out of like a lot of overwatchy concepts so there are heroes um oh yeah there's guns just seven and then most of the guns a lot of the there's a lot of guns that have like very direct not not always just overwatch but a lot of overwatch references it's ai baby it's ai baby um it's fantastic i i i hope a lot more for that game it's incredibly good feeling and if you like shooters i i think that it 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 is 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 its best as a PC game because you want to be it's very flicky, it's very fast, it's like hyper mobile and it just feels amazing and everything like it is absurd how good this game is um on release from a small like kind of indie dev where everything just feels so right the movement feels perfect the sounds of things like the impact of guns hitting like hitting a crit the noises it's amazing it's like a chef's kiss um, Mortal Sin is another game that I want to talk about a little bit and then gush about on the next podcast. Do you know anything about this game? No. Does anyone like it? A lot of people like it. It's overwhelmingly positive you, on Steam, I think. Like it? I, I love it. I, I really love, love it. it. Oh it is, my god. Uh, it is overwhelmingly positive on are, Steam. Are, are, do you consider yourself someone who uh, enjoys uh, the average game? No. I feel like I I very infrequently annoyed with games um, or disappointed by games or let down. I really love this game. It's it, I I almost want to just like buy it for you because I feel like otherwise you wouldn't try it. And oh, I, I played it. You did play it. Yeah. How long did you play it? Uh, let me see. Because the, the answer is probably a very short amount of time, right? The endless is the answer is probably enough to refund it. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Mortal Sin is so good. It it is. I think there's nothing like it on this list. It is a first-person melee roguelite, um, and the it, it has an extremely, extremely unique art style where yeah. it's extremely high contrast. It almost is like a negative of a photo 
where it is very, very dark with high contrast colors. It is like really wild. And then also it's like a dungeon crawler. It's like, it almost feels like your first person, you know, action playing a old school style of dungeon crawler because the game is very like old school looking um, and it's all melee. And yeah, I played this game the day it released um, and I played it and was like, I'm going to come back to this. I'm going to refund this for now and I'll get it when it's done. Yeah. So I'm waiting for it to finish cooking. I would say, like, the crazy thing... When it first came out, it was very sparse. Very, very sparse. I th- there's, a, there's a really good amount of it. I, I feel like in... I, I think I'm... Uh, uh, let me let me pull it up real quick it's, it's a great podcast game, it's, I'll say that. Uh, it, it's, a very, it, it's a very ridiculous action pack game. I think that, that, like, when I first played it, I saw, like, the ridiculously glowing reviews... And I saw the art style and I thought, like, maybe, but, like, I don't understand how they could make this, like, melee game that fun. And I think it, I I remember very much so that this isn't, like, gonna have an amazing first impression. I think that, like, the first time you play it, you're like, really? That's, like, you're just kind of, like, swinging and, like, I I don't really get it. And as you're unlocking the classes which play very differently and there's like 20 of them uh and they 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 play back when i played it there was like four oh there's a lot there's a ton of classes and uh they play very differently and the combo structure and as you're understanding the combo structure and understanding the game and think more things about it are making sense uh it really just like clicks and you get into a zone and it, it there's nothing like it it is actually an incredible game i have played a ton of it recently and it was really like while i was sick actually it was kind of like my sick game i would play like, oh yeah a ton of what this. about darkest dungeon 2 though darkest dungeon 2 i talked about a fair amount and i i, I we went over it on the earlier part of this podcast nice. it is darkest dungeon minus the dungeon um and it is darkest. like it is just darkest too and it is very roguelite where you are taking a path and picking areas but i do like i think that there's a lot of good things about it it's one of the best looking games from an aesthetic standpoint that i feel like i've played in so long i don't know why i just love the way that this game looks it it, it takes like the darkest dungeon sprites and makes them like 3d and animates them like so incredibly well um and there's a lot of like cool new ideas and the the stuff like with the interpersonal relationships of the characters as things are going on it really does feel like this like each run does feel like this this thing that's going on that that, this like you know incredibly harrowing psychological experience for these characters as it's going as but what about god of weapons um god of weapons is such an interesting quick sell for this it's like it's very cheap it's like a five dollar game um, I played a, a, a decent amount of this and had a lot of fun and kind of want to play more of it. The main hook to it is that, and, and it's it needs like a little bit more time to bake, but I think it's like truly out of early access. But I, I think it'll be better, a little bit more better in the future. It has a kind of cool art style of like you pick like a different, um, there's, a, there's a ton of different characters. I think it's like also like 20, 17 or so different heroes uh, that are all like kind of generic style of like warlocks and paladins and thieves, uh, you know, fantasy archetypes. But the main way that the game plays is that you have a Resident Evil style, like kind of backpack that takes up spaces, and the the it, it plays like a bullet heaven game where uh, the you are surrounded by floating weapons as you're you know as you clear out a stage. Like you can think of it very much like a vampire survivor, uh, or kind of more and maybe like Crypt of the Necro uh, or. or um, uh, 
uh, Bone Racer minions, where you, the only ability you have while you're playing is a dash. Uh, and whenever the stage, I do is, love dashing. Whenever the stages finish, you can buy um, uh, weapons or also items um, that that also uh, work in an interesting way. And you have this Resident Evil style backpack. So some of the more like powerful weapons might take up a lot more space. Some of the more like quick and least powerful weapons might take up a small amount of space. And then they and then they get into all these very the, these very cool kind of min-maxing stuff where you can have items that you know ha- have attributes like powers up certain slashing weapons that are next to them or gives every weapon that is touching this uh on on the inventory screen uh lifesteal and uh very quickly you get into some like pretty unique kind of cool interesting runs where you're trying desperately like to expand the size of your backpack you're playing this like resident evil style um puzzly game where you're trying to uh, inventory manage to get everything to fit in the right spot and fit together um, and you know maintain the get the most bang for your buck of like using up as much space as you can um, it's a very cool uh, unique little game and, and it's definitely for the price it is it is like worth it if you're looking for like uh, a, uh, a, ro- a a one of these like like a bullet heaven roguelite distraction okay now vote What's um, the best roguelite? Uh, there's what's so the many good ones. you like the most this year? I, I can't believe it wouldn't if I, I wouldn't say it's Astral Ascent because I love it so much, but I feel like it still needs a little bit more time. And, and Mortal Sin, I just like fell in love with, and and it's that's why it's insane to me that I'm saying that neither of them win. Um, I think that it is uh, RoboQuest for me, and I think uh, everyone still has to play Risk of Rain too. I just had such a good time playing with you. I think that it, like. The game, uh, every second of RoboQuest just felt incredible, and the future of like I, I want to see more in that game because it's like a twenty or thirty hour game or whatever I think we put into it, and for you know it it does feel like it kind of ends in a way that I don't like where there's not like a whole lot of reason to go back once you finish it other than the fact the game plays amazingly, but while you're first like kind of playing it, there's so much like side stuff, there's so much like stuff you're excited about next run, that's so cool. All right, best 2022 game of 2023. We have Marvel Midnight Suns, Vampire Survivors, DNF Duel, Ender Lilies, Signalis, and Gunfire Reborn. Sorry, Gunfire Reborn. You came out in 2021. Uh, you're not eligible. I think so did Ender Lilies came out in... But I'm going to give it, for me, Marvel Midnight Suns. Uh, we spoke about, I spoke about it. Uh, Marvel Midnight Suns, uh, really incredible game. Great tactics. Check it out. If you like Marvel, if you don't like Marvel, please don't play it. Uh, because oh God, if you don't like, if you don't like Marvel, you're not going to enjoy this game. Uh, but for those who do like Marvel or who uh, maybe even playing Marvel Snap, and you want to know a little bit more, you want to hang out with Nico, you want to hang out with Magic, you want to hang out with Blade. Uh, this is the game where you could do that. You get to create a portal to, to limbo by magic and then push enemies through it and knock them into uh, knock them into hell. That's good stuff. The game has had lots of DLC and it's all been amazing. They've added Deadpool. They've added Storm. They've added Morbius and other characters. Check it out. Yeah. Final Midnight Suns, the 2022 game of 2023. Um, mine is going to be Signalis, actually. I wow, loved, no way, loved Signalis so much. I did talk about this a, a fair amount on the podcast when I did play it. It is a, 
homage to Resident Evil. It's like a, a, a isometric uh, survival Whoa. horror. Um, it, it it would be hard to even say like a negative thing. Like the world of Signals is phenomenal. The story is incredible. This was this is actually a game where when I finished it for like legitimately weeks after it i wanted to hear everyone's opinion on the story and everyone's like lore breakdowns and different like concepts and theories and that there's still like an active like group of people talking about the theories uh, uh, the possibilities of things that happen in this game this, this story um and trying to put pieces together so like it it's it is incredible um i i really love signalis so those are the winners. We've got Marvel Midnight Suns and Signalis as the best 2022 games of 2023. Best game or favorite game that you didn't finish. Now, it's a little bit of a mixed category uh, because I finished some of the games you didn't finish. Uh-huh. Uh, but we've got Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom for you. Baldur's Gate 3 also for you. Armored Core 6 for me. Dave the Diver Voidigo, Super Mario Brothers Wonder, My Time at Sandrock, Dragon Quest Monsters, The Dark Prince, and Pikmin 4. Did you play any? Uh, or is, is that just an aspirational? Is that going to be like... Which one? Pikmin Pac- 4? Pikmin 4, yeah. Didn't you have to like... I wish, dude. I, no, I know that I would love it. And I, I, I feel like at some point I needed to mention Pikmin 4 to guilt myself into, into making it the 2020 three game of 2024 uh i played all the other ones and i'm i'm kind of at a crossroads here between a couple of these uh because i've been really enjoying dragon quest monsters the dark prince my time at sandrock but at the same time i feel like armored core 6 is maybe maybe the answer for me oh yeah where i, where I do wish that i i had played a little bit more of Armored Core 6, because I know that it gets to some weird stuff once you've uh, looped the game into New Game Plus. It does some uh, some near shit once you've once you've looped it. And I feel like it's weird because I don't know that I'll necessarily... I know that I'm going to play more of Dragon Quest Monsters and my time at Sandrock, but I feel like Armored Core 6 uh, is... is I might not return to it, but I think it was the best of them, if that's if that's yeah. fair to say. And for you, what do you think? Um, it is uh, Baldur's Gate three. I think pretty obviously because I I really love my time with Baldur's Gate three. And the most negative thing I can say about it, and the main reason I'm not playing it, is because when I finished the first arc, it felt so good, and it felt like finishing an anime arc of something where I was like, yep, I'm done. That's, you know, story wrapped up. I feel great. Everyone seems happy. Like all this, a lot of these stories are finished up and that's great. It keeps getting better, Ryan. Maybe it does. I'm trying to find where I have, I have written down my, oh, here it is. I was, I was trying to find my, where I tried to write down my, uh, game of the year, game, game of the year. Whoa, we're game of the year? All right. Oh wow, we we banged this out. Holy that? holy crap! Look at this. this How do you want to do it? What do we do when 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 Pal World is out and we can <laughs> rush? How through. do you want to do it? How do you want to do it? Um, uh, we go. You go five to one. Or do you want to go my five, your five? Okay, I like that. All right, number five for me. Gonna shock you. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready to be shocked. Grand Blue Fantasy versus Rising. 
I'm not entirely shocked by that. It, you know, a fighting game had to end up on this list. I played a, I played a, a couple of fighting games this year, uh, and it was between Street Fighter VI, it was between Mortal Kombat, and it was between Grand Blue. I feel like one of these games had to end up on the list. But I feel like if there's one of these games that I would want to be playing more of, it would be Grand Blue. And, and maybe this would have been a different game at a different time of the year, but with where we're at now, uh, I do wish that, uh, you know, I'd, I'd like to be playing more Grand Blue. I'm excited to see new characters. It felt like the most feature complete uh, for me of these games. It felt like it had the best netcode by far of any of these games. Uh, I really loved the lobby system. It was oh, really elegant. It was the, the load screens, everything like th this Grand Blue really does have a lot of these basic things that I just wish were in other fighting games of like infinite rematches. The rematch is the fastest in any there's no load times. You are you are in matches. It's the, it, it feels I, I don't know why that means so much, but I, I mean, to, to, to the viewers, if like if you play a fighting game, you're just sitting there sometimes for hours rematching your friend. And the fact that you're not like loading, and the fact that it's like the second the that last hit of health is done, as the the winning animation is playing, you can bring up like the rematch button, rematch, and you are like in it. Like you hit rematch, Damn. and your finger leaves that button, and you are in the next round, and you are going. I also love the characters. Like oh yeah, I like I. I don't consider myself that much of a weeb, but these are some weeby fucking characters, dude, and it works. Like, Loane and Cagliostro, these are, like, two of my favorite fighting game characters of this year, but I also love the style. I think it is such a good-looking game. I think it is just, like, aesthetically, I love the way it looks, even compared to, like, some of the big hitters this year. Um, the, the backgrounds are gorgeous. It sounds good really great unlockables i love unlocking new weapons and characters and leveling up my characters uh and it, it does feel like you get a lot of expression uh throughout the game it feels like you're really able to creatively express yourself uh in combos and and just in those types of options so uh it's my favorite fighting game of the year uh what's your number five? Oh man so i was between mortal kombat one and grand blue um and I'm just going to say that it's Grand Blue, um, because especially at the current state of it, it's like Mortal Kombat, I had so much fun, but I think it was only because it was like you and I were were frequently uh, getting to like play it together, and that we that we really had some like good fun matchups and stuff, and I, I felt like we were always learning new things and going back and forth and everything. And I feel like it's great, but the out the, the the things outside of Mortal Kombat, I think, certainly have like soured me a little bit more. And I think I agree with what you just said, where Grand Blue is a much better overall package. It it looks amazing, and I think that there's a character there for everyone. It's a kind of a huge roster now, um, and that it's overall like I think in a better place. If I had to, you know, play. If, if I if I only had one fighting game to play for the rest of the year and it was between Mortal Kombat and Grand Blue, it, it would have to be Grand Blue. Right on. Uh, my number four, Cyberpunk 2077, Phantom Liberty. Uh, we spoke about this already. I just think that this is uh, the complete package. I'm the kind of person who loves these open world RPGs, love Fallout, uh, love Elder Scrolls. Not Skyrim so much, but love the older ones. Uh, 
cyberpunk is a tighter package it's not so much like making decisions and like choosing the paragon or renegade sort of stuff but it is a really tightly focused rpg uh with some meaningful choices but more so than that just really terrific gameplay excellent gunplay some some really fun rpg upgrades and i i just loved hanging out in night city i love the way it looks I, I love the ray tracing. I, I think the HDR looks so incredible. And it they have some it, really crazy stylistic me, choices. Yeah. Like you know you know the of course you'll remember this, but like I think it's the brain dancing thing where yeah. you uh, uh, like you there, there's this concept that like blows my mind how how absolutely cool it is. But like you could record since people are like half cybernetic in cyberpunk half the time, and they're getting all these like body modifications. You can get like a chip that can record what you're seeing, um, and uh, people do it for all these like like a lot of cases porn, which is what you would imagine. But also will like get make like black market tapes of like really like kind of snuff film stuff of. You'll like that. Like, there's one of the first ones you do um, is you like this person. You you look at this 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 brain dance of someone who died and they were robbing a store and the whole thing they they were they were gonna record their their brain dancing of them robbing the store. Um, and you like maybe if you're like a freaky consumer, you can buy that and feel the the rush because you it's not just watching what they saw, but you feel their emotions and everything. Like it kind of uploads all of their their body feeling and like the way that they're experiencing everything. So you could feel like the rush of what or the experience of what it would be like to like rob a store or something insane, um, or die. Uh, which is another wild thing, um, which is another thing that people like pay a lot of. But one of the crazier things about it is like there's an AI algorithm that allows them to put together what might be going on around there. And there's and it looks so cool the way that it looks when you zoom out because the game the, the game is like saying you know like you can't you, you can only see in the brain dance exactly what the person saw, but through AI they're trying to figure out like spatially what's going on around them. And it doesn't look like it's clear. It's kind of distorted, but it looks just so cool. And the concept is so cool. Yeah, but specifically, this is Cyberpunk 27 Phantom Liberty. Uh, I, I thought that the Phantom Liberty story was so well done. They they really did get an incredible cast. I It was so cool, just like going to the bar with Idris Elba, whatever. I know that that's like kind of corny, but it, it, it there are some really neat moments in it. But it was cool, really, to see... And I think that this is where CD Projekt Red shines. And we saw this with Witcher DLC is when they're trying to tell a more narrow and focused story, I think that they do a much better job. And they were really able to focus on this is a smaller area than Night City where it's tightly packed with set pieces. Every mission feels incredibly important and meaningful. And the decisions you make feel tighter because it's back to back to back. And I, and I just thought that this is a really good showing. This is CD Projekt Red at their best. And I, I feel like they would do well to narrow their focus. I'd love to see them make something a little bit smaller. I agree with you. I think it's also a lot easier for a lot of 
people to connect with a smaller story like that with less moving parts. I think with with the original Cyberpunk, you really do like open up and there's so much like lore drop and the city is like how things are working and they're trying to like subtly explain all these concepts in the game which which it, it like comes across kind of weird cuz like the main character V will like ask a question that's like what why are you asking that question shouldn't you know the answer to it you've lived here your whole life um and and having like a smaller story like you just said they can focus more on like a small thing rather than the way that cyberpunk 2077 starts out which has like a billion moving parts tons of characters tons of stuff going on like you know it's all over the place right when it starts out give me your number four uh honky star wheels oh um, it's probably the game that i played maybe the... you should stay it for real Mm-hmm. Uh, Honkai Star Rail. It's probably the game that I played the most of this year. The beginning of it is really incredible. The first area, the first zone of it, because I've like, I've, even though I've mentioned this a ton of times, um, there's kind of like these. You go to a planet. You're the part of this. These this, these nameless, which uh, travel in a flying space train to go to planets to solve their apocalypse problem. Um, and the first one is really good really the the world of it's fantastic it's this world that has been frozen over and this there's this whole people who live above that have money people who live below that are kind of like slaves and in the dirt and there's so much cool stuff in that first one the second world i think was such a kind of a low point and we've been in it for a long time so my opinion of it is kind of like lower despite the fact that i played all the time but the the next uh story looks to be really incredible and like i it'd be really hard for me to explain it almost looks like bioshock pre-crisis if that makes any sense, um, uh, okay, sure. Uh, like with, with, with it, like take that that whole like the vibe of it, like the like kitschy, like I don't even know, like nineteen maybe like fifties. I want to say I'm not even sure. It's maybe sixties look uh, and the optimism, and take all that pre kind of crisis, I guess, but also like some gangs and intrigue and everything like that. It looks a very cool area. I'm very excited about it, but. Um, overall, they've continued to do very well this year, and I think it's been the game that I've like played kind of the most. Right What's on. your number three? Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. And we spoke about this, but listen. Banjo-Kazooie, Nuts and Bolts, underrated game. We all know it. This is bringing that Nuts and Bolts formula of sticking together some wild shit. Bringing it to Zelda. The... I, I thought that the game also, it was good for having a really cohesive story. Uh, I found the ending of the game to re- be really moving. Uh, this is kind of an aside, but I've been I've been learning piano a little bit. I've, I've spent the last uh, three months learning piano, and it's been making me think a lot about leitmotifs. And one of the first games I wanted to visit when I started playing piano was Undertale obviously right like the the music in that game is so incredible uh but i've been thinking a lot about leitmotifs and thinking a lot about zelda also because once you start learning some of the music from zelda and you start realizing the ways in which they recycle and reuse some of the melodies uh to really create this consistent theme and it it happens up until the very last moments of this game where they take some of the notes and and sort of reuse them uh, towards the end of the game in some really impactful ways, but but more so than that, I think that it's, uh, I think that it, it it is such a massive and large game that 
does make you feel though the the age of the switch right like it absolutely oh, does. Yeah. i i do feel like this game is harmed more by being on the switch than anything else i would love for them to remake this they uh, won't they'll make a new switch and they'll and i'm sure that they'll make this game run better that's all it switch needs switch. i'm not i'm not talking about a remake i i mean just just a, a further optimization would be enough uh sorry i was uh dealing with the dog but but yeah i mean legend tears of the kingdom we spoke about it a lot during uh part one of this already but it it was in it was a it was a big deal for me it was the only i wouldn't say the only reason to take out the switch but man i i sure it is the game that made Could've me been want a switch too more than anything else could have been pikmin could have been pikmin uh my my uh number three uh, i'm gonna kind of I'm still trying to like look at it now. Um, Street Fighter Six. Uh, Street Fighter Six is my number three. Um, I thought overall it was a very great entry in the series. Like I'm really happy with a lot of things. It's it's a very feature rich, feature complete fighting game. It's um, really well balanced, all things considered. I think even like the some of the the characters that we consider the worst can still kind of like stand among the rest of them. Um, it is extremely fun to watch, and we talked uh, actually before. It, it should be no surprise that I like this game a lot because uh, I, it, I gave it my number one for mechanics. The, I, I, if if like you're curious to why I liked it so much or whatever, I don't want to repeat what I said in the last podcast podcast about how the core mechanic, the drive mechanic, is this like really elegant push and pull under the life system it kind of adds this whole other bar that is doing something completely differently and it's very like uh sort of cerebral to try and think about the choices you're making like when are you going to give up your bar do you want to like chip someone out or something do you want to go for less damage or set up to 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 make them block something and cause a them to burn out uh it's a really really cool game and i unfortunately went away from it for a while but I, I don't think it's Street Fighter, so it's it's not hard to imagine um, coming back soon. And um, Ed Ed hasn't been revealed, but there was a teaser, and I think I'll I would like him. I think that my my one of my biggest gripes with the game was that I didn't really ever find a main. I kind of always was in a character yeah, crisis. Yeah, I mean, I never found more than one character that I liked. I I really liked Blanca, and. I liked JP a little bit, but I had a tough time with that roster. Yeah, it's it's kind of like it's a little brutal. Like the game needs more. It needs more ca- of, of a cast because I Dalsim I actually really enjoyed, and that's like kind of where I found some of my most enjoyment. But he's just really not like kind of the character that I would go for, and he's not ex- he's not like a one to one fit for me. And I'm hoping that that like a character comes out that it, that I'm more fully invested into because i just feel like i was kind of going through a lot of there's like we were playing like uni today and uni is like you know you could you know just throw you know blindfold and then just throw a dagger at that cast and just be like yeah this character's so cool i'll play i'll learn that same, character same with grand blue for me yeah same with grand blue where like it's it, it, it's like the character crisis in those games is like there's not enough time to play more of them. And by the way, Grand Blue has this awesome thing where you can you can deselect characters from random, which means that you can like choose 
who you want to be as the random option, which is like the last time we were playing, you were doing this and we haven't played since, but I really want to set it up. And then that way you could just have a set where it's like, whoops, now I'm playing a different character that I like. And now I'm playing a different character that I'm like, and we're just like always mixing it up and like doing new things. Um, it, it is really like, like the, some of the best fighting games these days, Tekken eight just came out and like half the cast. Ooh, I'm really interested about in. Tekken. I keep thinking about Tekken. Don't get me started on Tekken. But here you are again, talking about Granblue while you're talking about uh, your Street Fighter as number three. Yeah, I mean, I did play a lot more Street Fighter, and I think Street Fighter is a more feature-rich game. And I think that the reason why Granblue is lower on their list is despite the fact that how much I like Granblue, how amazing I think Granblue looks, how much better I think it looks, how much more, like, interesting the cast is, at least from, like, a visual element and some, like, their concepts... Um, I think the thing that I like more about Street Fighter overall is that it's a much more, like, difficult and nuanced game. Uh, Grand Blue, most of the nuance is, like, is uh, baked into a lot of, like, system mechanics. Like, that's kind of the way you can express yourself or be really smart is, like, stuff like really well-timed dodges um, or rolls. And, and, and your approach to the situation, to neutral, I think is some of the areas where you can really shine and show, uh, show off. Whereas Street Fighter, I think it's a little bit more, like... It's the slower game that I want. It's more footsies, and there's a lot more like really difficult things in Street Fighter that are Doesn't like just talking about it. Make you want to play a fighting game. Yeah, I mean, like, te- like, like, uh, what the reason why I Zato is my favorite character in a fighting game, I think, ever. Um, and one of the reasons why I like Zato so much is because I felt like he was so difficult and so rewarding and nuanced that. Every time I played the game, even if I, like, lost a round, sometimes I still had, like, a lot of hits of, like, dopamine of, like, no, I just did that that combo that I've been working on that I never can get. Or, like, I just did that setup that I've been doing. So even when I'm losing, it feels like I'm having, like, there's two games. There's me winning or losing, and then there's me doing, practicing these hard, difficult things. And Grand Blue, one of the things that I think it struggles the most in is, like, it's very easy to just, like, pick up and play most characters. And a lot of, like, the combos... Like you can you can find like a decent combo structure that kind of fits most characters, and because of the way that the EX moves work, which is very cool, more in a um, neutral standpoint, in combos it can be like medium, medium, medium EX in the corner, then medium, medium, medium EX, medium, medium, medium like super or something. So like it kind of like can yeah. I mean, if you think that's the case, I would recommend trying out uh, Cagliostro or Avatar Bala. Oh no, there's some very different characters. Eustace is is one that like completely Eustace very much breaks this this concept but there's there's some others where like they're a little bit more um like listen to us talking about street fighter right so tell me your number two alan wake two wow i and alan wake two so it went back and forth between uh tears of the kingdom and alan wake two but what i realized is that alan wake two is going to stay with me for forever probably there are parts of Alan Wake 2 that I think I will never forget. Um, and that's why Alan Wake 2 ended up taking uh, the number two spot. Uh, I, Alan Wake 2 is going to be my like number, my uh, 2023, 2024, 2024 is 2023 game of the year. Um, I'm really excited about it. I've only heard good things. And it was like, we talked a lot about how uh, Baldur's Gate and Alan Wake were kind of like the cultural forerunners of critical and public acclaim. Um, and that is, uh, pretty fair, generally surprising, I guess, also because, like, uh, it's kind of rare. I mean, like, there's, there's, there's Resident Evil 4, but, uh, uh, it's pretty rare for a, for a horror game to be, like, 
so at the forefront of cultural discussion and like criticism. And it's and also weird because I feel like most people, like there aren't a lot of people talking about it, but it's like really critically well acclaimed. Well, and but some I of that, like, the fact I that it like didn't release on have... Steam and... Yeah, it's going to have legs though. Yeah, and I will play it next year, especially if it like if it came to Steam, it's a day one buy, and I'd be so excited about it. Yeah, don't play it on your Steam Deck. Um, my my number two is a game that I did in fact play a lot of on my Steam Deck, and that's Lies of P. Lies of P is like I've said before, uh, I've talked so much about it, so I don't want to belabor it, but I I finished it. It feels like the the runtime for the game feels phenomenal. It feels like it it goes where it wants to. It sets up even more. The world of it is fantastic. It it, it is like the best thing you can say about this game is that to call it like a from software game is unfair to it because it is it it is as good as a from software game. It is it is the only you know. If you go on Steam, one of the most common games you're going to see if you look at like new and trending or upcoming games that just people just make all the time, all the time, is Souls-like games. There's so many of them. Souls-like is there with roguelike half the time where if you, you there is a literal tag for Souls-like games. And yet at the same time, they're all bad. Uh, they're, they're all like missing something all of them they're, yeah they're pretty much all bad they're all missing something the, other than the games that FromSoft uh, makes none of them feel like they are on that level it's so clear that only FromSoft knows how to make a you know Souls-like game and that everyone else who makes Souls-like games it's like they're they're good, but they're missing something. And I think this is the first Souls-like game. There's a whole genre of people swinging and missing on this concept. And this is the first game where I think just universally people are like, yeah, this. if, if you said this is a FromSoft game, I wouldn't even think about it. I wouldn't question it. It is incredible. It like mixes the best concepts of from software games it has some of the best bosses of any of of like these souls like games uh and some of the best mechanics of these souls like games it's incredible it's incredible i cannot wait for more uh, from this studio and from this concept right on do you want to hear my game of the year i think i know what it is tell me baldur's gate 3 it is uh probably the best game i've ever played definitely one of the best games i've ever played it's not hyper I- hyperbolic really I, I cannot think of another 100-hour game where I'm like, yeah, I'm planning my second playthrough of that. Like, I don't necessarily even need them to drop DLC for me to want to get back into it. You can never finish this game anyway. Who are you kidding? You can't really finish it. No, I mean, there's, like, so much to see. Uh, there There are so many, like, small intricacies that we've, like, already discussed, but I... You know, when I first went through this game, I made the correct decision of not getting hung up on side quests, not choosing to try to do everything. And as a result of that, I know that when I do my second playthrough, which I inevitably will, I have so much uh, to get back to. Like, I I have so many things that I didn't do the first time around uh, because it didn't make sense, because I didn't want to make time for it, because it wasn't something I felt my character would do. that I'm just looking forward to it. Uh, and that's not just story-wise, that's also mechanically, where there are so many classes uh, with subclasses that, that it's impossible to just see and explore everything on your first go-through. But at the same time, it never it doesn't feel incomplete when you get through it. When you, when you get through it, you do feel, at least I did, 
that you that you saw and you felt enough that it felt like a full and complete story despite how much of it you got through and uh, a really incredible cast of characters with maybe the best production value of any game I've seen at any point with the voice acting and the mocap and and the just the way that the the faces animate and look I feel like really do a lot for this game and and I feel like have really reiterated to me personally how much uh style and how much uh just like good aesthetics factor into uh making a, a game feel full and worth your time. Yeah, I think it's not hyperbolic to say a lot of things you said and I think that uh I would like easily go on record of saying that this is like one of the biggest steps forward in gaming. Um, I think that it's doing something that most video game, that tons of video games want to do in a way that is like successful for maybe the first time, especially retroactively looking at it. Is like, has anyone made a an RPG like this where your choices influence things, influence minor dialogue? It you know like feels so real and lifelike because just characters are mentioning and reacting to random things you did that you feel like why did they record dialogue for that that like that 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 really like causes a sort of like immersion that i and like uniqueness to the story that uh you just don't get that you just it's it feels like other studios aim for what this is yeah or maybe they should be aiming for it yeah but i gotta know what's your game of the year my game of the year is hi-fi rush hi-fi rush is so good. Hi-Fi Rush is amazing. I still remember it from the whole year. Hi-Fi Rush is like just distilled fun all the time. The music is incredible. Um, I I gave it my best moment for w- one of the best video game stages of all time. If you're not going to play Hi-Fi Rush, you really should. But you should uh, uh, search the 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 worrying the joy formidable stage. Um, I've Hi-Fi Rush. It, it's not going to have the same impact impact, but like. It, it the way that this game does music and combat and everything the the way that the, the the look is gorgeous i played this on my steam deck and it just looked amazing and never dropped a frame the combat is like so incredible i think that like i i love character action games but it's really hard not to um just fi- in in a game like devil may cry of which i'm a huge fan you kind of sometimes find combos that work and then you just keep doing them over and over again and you, you don't really have, like, a ton of a reason to mix it up once you find what works. And in, in Hi-Fi Rush, um, just how the timing system works and how the combo system works and how you're always getting new things means that, like, you, there's, there's, like, insane player expression to how you deal with combat, how you play. Um, uh, the fact that the game is so strict about its timing is, like... It feels like so much better because it's like no, you're not going to start to get like button mashy like you could in Devil May Cry or something like you're doing badly and now you're just going to like start flailing around and you're not really doing combos anymore. Like you have to like write yourself and go with the timing and the flow of this game. And when everything's working, it's just like firing on all cylinders. The story's great, the voice acting's incredible, the characters are fantastic. Uh there's a good like new game plus mode with more to do. Um very stylish. It, it's so stylish. It's so good. And, and that is a nice our... surprise release. Yeah, it's like, it's it's crazy. It's just doing so much for like a game that came out of nowhere, um, uh, from Tango GameWorks, from a company that does uh, horror games that are not like this at all. That they just 
dropped it without any fanfare and it dropped for like 30 bucks or you know free on game pass and and it's there and it's like this such a like rich and incredible game like it, I, I don't know if anyone has done this like you know rock band music game style of at character action it's wild that like all the combos and every single thing blocking timing the, the the even dashing if you dash at the wrong time off beat then you're then like you can't do a follow-up but if you're dashing on beat you can just like infinitely dash and move around and you're smoothing it feels great it feels so great once you get the the hang of everything and it just keeps rewarding you more and more and more for your knowledge and your skill Right on. So the game of the years, uh, my five to one is number five, Grand Blue Fantasy versus Rising. Number four, Cyberpunk 2077, Phantom Liberty. Number three, Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom. Number two, Alan Wake 2. Number one, Baldur's Gate 3. For me, it's going to be uh, Grand Blue Fantasy as well. Um, Honkai Star Rail, Street Fighter Six, Lies of P. And number one, Hi-Fi Rush. And we have one more category. A quick old most fun an- one. Most anticipated You know what's funny? Games. Half of these games... <laughs> half of these games we're playing. 2024 most anticipated games. We have Like a Dragon, Infinite Wealth, also known as Yakuza 8. Last Epic, Path of Exile 2, Tekken 8, Dragon's Dogma 2, Pal World... Persona 3, Reload, Hades 2, Early Access, Elden Ring, Shadow of the Erd Tree, Black Myth, Wukong, Undernight Imbirth 2, Grand Blue Reeling. Is this one getting a, re- a reward or this is this just shout outs? This is just shout outs, right? I mean, what are you looking forward to the most? Uh, <laughs> I was looking, I told you, and and before this other podcast began, when you asked that, what are you looking forward to the most? And my answer was was a very, very stern Tekken 8. Um, and uh, uh, spoiler alert, uh, today is uh, January 26th. This is the, the January 26th be with you. And I have got my hands on Tekken 8. And I would say that uh, despite some, like, the minorest of hiccups, it's the best Tekken game and it's one of the best fighting games ever released. It's am- it's amazing. Uh, I'm, I I couldn't Damn, be more happy with it. Damn, now you're making me feel like I'm missing out. I'm not trying to make you feel like you're missing out. Uh, and also, I was so excited for for Undernight because I love Undernight so much. I just want to play more Undernight all the time. Undernight is the maybe biggest epitome of this. Like di- characters feel different because the Undernight characters are so drastically, drastically different from each other, and the cast is incredible. It is, there's so much going on. It's the coolest characters, and it is, like, probably the best-feeling fighting game. Just the way that it moves and plays is just feels incredible, and it's too bad that it doesn't get, number one, it doesn't get more uh, viewership and more people playing it, um, I think for a while that the main reason nobody says a single negative thing, by the way, about Undernight, like especially the game. Like people who play Undernight are like, yeah, Undernight's like the best fighting game there is, and like most people in the fighting game, like the 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 worst thing you could say about it is like the netcode sucked, and that is a big thing to say about it because that means mm-hmm. that like you couldn't really play it. And then finally, Undernight uh, uh, two, Celis uh, uh, or whatever, Celis um, uh, has. Uh, uh, rollback finally 
and um, new characters and new abilities and some new system mechanics and everything. I just love this series so much. It, it the other problem with it, I think, is that you said that like it feels so double A, and it, and it does. It, it does feel very double A. It does feel well, like yeah, like when you like when you you're you're playing Tekken Eight and it's like the the visuals have been cranked up infinitely. It looks amazing. The menus look ridiculous and gorgeous, and everything just looks like it's just money, money, money. Like people spend so much time on every aspect of this game, and then you go to Undernight, and it's it's such a like project of love you know it's such like it's a small team doing it that just loves this project so much and wants it to succeed and they're doing such a good job with it and it's so incredible but you know like it it, yeah it doesn't have that like it doesn't have that look it's it looks like a it kind of looks like a ps2 game in a lot of cases Listen, people are loving tekken 8 that's why it's um i mean guess the top seller on steam right now is it tekken 8 is it power world Power, but guess number two. Tekken eight. Nope, it's Enshrouded. Enshrouded is doing real. I really, I really want to play three. I really want to play Enshrouded. Number three is Tekken eight. Uh, My most anticipated game of this year is Last Epic. I'm gonna buy Uh, Enshrouded. uh, If you're buying it, I'm, I'm thinking about it. But uh, Last Epic, so excited to see what they do. Um, As excited as I am about Path of Exile two beta. Uh, I, you know, we're not going to get Path of Exile 2 in full force this year. So it's not my most anticipated game of this year, but Last Epic, we know that it's coming out. It, it's just a few weeks away and we've got Last Epic. I think it's literally two weeks out until we've we've got our hands on it. Maybe maybe three. Yeah. Uh, but they, they've shown some things that are really blowing me away that we haven't had the chance to talk about yet. And this is the time to talk about it. The thing that I am so excited about in Last Epic is the way that they're handling item acquisition and trade, which is when the game releases, there are going to be two factions available. One of them is a trade faction, and one of them is a self-found faction. So if you're in the trade faction, uh, you get to exchange items on the auction house between different players. If you are in the self-found faction, uh, you're able to get specific buffs uh, that are going to increase your item acquisition drop rate and target farm certain items. So this is really neat because it lets you choose like what kind of gameplay experience do you want. Do you want one where you are um, working with your friends and like constantly like swapping gear to each other or like getting this big unique drop that's like not good for you but is really like powerful so that you could like sell it on the auction house or do you want something where it's like you're just going off of what you find and scrapping it together and i think that that's really exciting that they're going to allow both of those gameplay styles and what's important here is that the items that when an item drops it's assigned to that faction so if you are in the trade faction you are not bringing it into the other and vice versa uh you know, and maybe your, your, your characters little... can have different when you're in a seasonal thing. Your characters can have different uh, faction alignment. Yeah, and you could change on the fly. And when you change on the fly, uh, it's just that you can't use the items from sure, that other. Sure, sure. You, you were you were in the self found faction, and you can't just say, "Oh, this is so good, I'm going to go to trade faction." That's right. But at any time on the fly, you can switch, and it's just you can't use the items that you found uh, in the other faction. 
But really excited for Last Epic. We've been talking about it for years, finally releasing. You know, it's one uh, thing I'm so excited about is Grand Blue Relink. I can't stop reading great things about it. It feels like people are just You know gushing. it's a Monster Hunter game? Yeah. People, How crazy is that? It is. It is. And I, I, this is a day one buy for me. I, because of, uh, you talked a little bit about how Grand Blue uh, versus Rising kind of got you into the, the world of Grand Blue. And this game looks gorgeous. And it's like, it is what you said it is. It is like this um, four player, up to four player game that has a whole story, but also the end game is Monster Hunter related um, of these big bosses, these primals, these boss raid fights. And uh, you're taking a hero from Grand Blue in. And as you're playing more of the hero, you're unlocking um, tons of stuff between um, like the skill tree and everything. You're unlocking new abilities. You can bring four abilities in, and abilities have different elemental um, affinities where you might have a character that you know straddles two different elemental affinities and you're also finding new unique weapons that look different on the characters and from a lot everything i've seen of like the early access and everything it just looks gorgeous and people are just like this feels so great to play and i love playing this with my friends and um the end game stuff is incredible and they also have like a big road map it just like I i'm really excited about that game i i, I really want to get i really want to play that game um uh, Persona 3, I'm also kind of ex excited about. Persona 3 Reload. No way you make time for this. No way. Uh, no way I make time for Persona 3 Reload. Because, it comes out tomorrow. Uh, yeah, no way I make time for it. You know one game that I do want to make time for, because I keep talking about it and I keep thinking about it, is Entrouded. Um, we, the, a game that deserves a lot more time to talk about it, that needs this whole podcast to talk about it, is Power World, which is, of course, a game that anyone, you know, all the viewers know. But Power World has some issues. I, I, I do not think that it's a bad game by any stretch. I think it, it is a very good game with some really cool concepts, and I understand anyone who likes it. It makes so much sense to me why you like it. And the thing that Power World kind of did for me was make me think, like, oh, I really want that. I really want um, a game right now that's kind of like a Valheim or a survival for the first time. I want to have a server or something and log in and be with my friends and build... A house and then have them log in and they're like whoa i didn't even notice you built a house before it looks pretty cool and power world maybe might not ultimately be for me but maybe enshrouded is and it like it it, it kind of it, it is that open world survival the voxel based the building but the combat is more soulsy and people i think so far seem to enjoy it a, a good deal and whenever i see the combat i think it just looks really good and i think it's that world that aesthetic that fits more it's for me. Got a, it's got a bit of like a grim fantasy world to it. Which, which you know I love that. And I think that, and like one of the main things I would say is that Pow World, the, the one thing that I would really knock Pow World on is that it's it's one of the most grating games for me to look at because it, it is uh, like, no matter what your opinion of the actual gameplay, which I think is very cool and very great gameplay loop, um, the, 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 there's a lot of art styles in it that don't match at all. It they're feels, competing. Yeah, absolutely. It, like the, 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 and not that they're bland on top of being competing. The, the pals, the pals are huge and low texture. Um, smooth. They're, they're very, smooth. They're, they, they, they have no textures at all. There's no, they're, they're not, not grimy. Yeah. They're not icky. They're, they're smooth. They're so smooth. They, they look like they are from the, they look straight up like ripped out of, uh, and I'm not, I don't mean this to be like, uh, 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 it's a hot button topic, but they, they look like they're out of like the early 3d Pokemon games where they don't they, have any fur. They have no fur. Um, they're just smooth. They're just like polygons. And then there's, and then there's this weird art style of like, 
the rest of it looks like unre- just unreal base, regular gun. base assets. So, like, you're in this... So, like, if anyone thinks of this concept, which is a phenomenal concept of it's the open world um, survival game, but you're walking around and you see a Pokemon. Whoa, that's crazy. And then you think of the, the ways that they could utilize that of... Of what if instead of lighting a fire, you had a Pokemon blow on the 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 you know this furnace to heat it up? That would be so cool. You'd need to find a fire Pokemon to do to do that first. And like, there's so many cool ideas in it. And and then they also kind of go with this dark like, what if Pokemon were real? Really quickly turns into like, well, then we would eat them, right? Like, wouldn't we like and exploit them? We would like we would exploit them. We we already exploit things like that, and, and so so what if you what if you had to survive in the open world like, and what if you could like befriend animals and exploit them to like do things for you, and if that meant like you know causing them to be like kind of slaves that you're feeding you know, and that's their only thing, but they're kind of working for you, um, and fighting for you and doing all these things for you, like wouldn't that cause a lot of problems? But uh, like I want to see like guns have like you know like look like a pal that you murdered and grinded up to make a gun i want to see armor look like skinned versions of it and like lean into it because right now it's like nothing matches in this game like it feels so weird it has like three different art styles going on and it just like is a very grating ugly game and and i the i began this all this by saying how good looking and shouted looks it is a uh, your typical kind of like dark fantasy soulsy looking game where you're gonna you could be like a cool thief and have like a, a like a a hood on and running around and dodging and the combat just looks fantastic so i think that yeah. like it has what i want now that i played power world and i got that survival itch so even though Last Epic is my pick for this category, I do want to say, do not be surprised when Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth is my game of the year at the end of this game. Oh, yeah. It's just because you're uh, playing it right now. I mean... I, not even that. I, I've been looking forward to this. I love... You love. Loved the last Yakuza. I... That game, Like a Dragon, uh, Yakuza 7, the last one, makes you feel every emotion that is available. Uh, and, and this one feels like it's already getting there. Where like these are the characters you love in the city that you grew to to really know your way around, and I'm so excited to revisit them. And I, I've heard so many good things about all of the systems, but at the same time, I've really been uh, staying in the dark about it. So I'm really excited to explore and and see what's going on in in this new Yakuza. Oh yeah, I um I almost think that like playing Tekken Eight on the first day. Um, I almost think like like Tekken Eight is on my top five of this year as well. Uh, it just it, it's. But what I, about I, Undernight? Come on. Uh, I, I mean, Undernight, I want to play more of too. Like I'm just like, enjoying the hell out of it. What else do we have here? Um, Elden Ring. I would love to get more um, uh, DLC for Elden Ring. I I don't know if I would go into it just yet. Maybe I would wait for like longer or if there was another uh, DLC. Hades Two. What can you say about Hades Two? Right. I think Hades. Hades, I think, brought roguelite to... I, maybe I'm wrong, but I think Hades brought roguelite to the mainstream. I think I think that the success of roguelite is, like, largely due to Hades, which, like, I, I'm not entirely sure... Other than the fact that Hades is, like, outstanding, it is outstanding, um, I'm surprised that, like, Hades is as... Um, mains has as much mainstream appeal as it does right like i mean it's gorgeous to look at and it plays amazingly and there's so much to do um but like 
it is the game I think that in a lot of cases people think like I would credit with like bringing more more people know about this genre because of Hades. More people would I, people sure. would play Roguelite and say, "Oh, you've never played um, you know X game? It's like Hades." Hmm. Well, let me hit you with the with a with another big one, Dragon's Dogma Two. Did you ever play the original? I did not, but I knew so much about right. it because I was a big Giant Bomb fan, and also you you were a big um. You're a big fan. I played, I played through Dragon's Dogma three times. Uh, it is... Because there I, was I stuff to do was... three times, right? Isn't there kind of a new game plus that affects the world? Yeah, but but I... This game is, is really exciting to me because Capcom has been producing banger after banger. And the Dragon's Dogma team is really passionate about it. But ultimately, it looks like more Dragon's Dogma. And... Uh, I don't know if you've seen any of the gameplay for it. It 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 does look really terrific. One of the things that I I thought was really interesting was that they have uh, boss fights that are more than just combat. That are like puzzle based boss fights. Um, uh, I don't really know exactly what you mean. I would have to. I, yeah. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to to checking that out. We'll see. Um, if it's more of the same, it's already going to be a strong one. I really do feel like this uh, 2023 was uh, the best year we've had in a long time. Sometimes, I think if you go back and yeah. listen to the other Game of the Year podcasts, uh, you usually say, like, wow, this is one of the best years in games. And I usually say, uh, you know, was, was it? It's like looking back on it, it didn't end up like as good in my mind as. as I mean, I'll say that uh, Outer Wilds released the same year as Disco Elysium, so. But that was Let's a good, not forget that yes. one. I, I, but I don't think I played Outer Wilds the year it came out and, like, did not... I, which is, like, Outer Wilds has got to be a top five of all time. Maybe, like, a, even, like, a top one if I really think about a game. And I didn't... I don't think I played... That was my, that was a 20... That, that was, like, you know, a game of the year of the year of the last year game where I didn't get a chance to play it. And look at 2024 already. Man, 2024 has been brutal already. Yeah, it's insane. We're getting assaulted. We're, we're, we're in January 26th, and a lot of these games we just talked about, like, we've already played them or something. Like a and Dragon, like, Tekken, Pal World, uh, Undernight. And, Sh- and Shrouded. Grand Blue is, like, next week. Undernight, yeah, and Undernight's out. Last, last Epic is the week after that. Persona 3 Reload is out tomorrow. It's like... And then uh, there, there, it's just been like nonstop this year, and this is the first month. You could build a uh, if you stopped time uh, in this month. You, I could play the rest of these. If nothing comes out for the rest of the year, I could probably play like Enshrouded Grand Blue, uh, Tekken Eight, like some of these games for the rest of the year, and be like, yeah, it was a fantastic year for games. And that's that's uh, January. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks, James. Bye for now. Next week or whenever. Next time, uh, predictions. And thank you, Ryan Galloway, and, and Bumpier for the use of their music. We use an intro and outro. You can get it off the newest album, Pop Songs 2020. It gets newer every single year. Goodbye. And welcome.